somebody is in the tail end of their divorce proceedings and it sounds like it's going to go 50 50 but she's not thrilled with that and is wondering how often do you see those things change down the road how difficult will it be for her to make adjustments and like do circumstances have to be really bad or is it once it's signed it's signed forever Hey, hey, welcome to the WTF Divorce Podcast. My name is Rob Roseman. On this show, we talk about everything divorce, whether you're thinking about divorce, going through it, or figuring out life after. Divorce, co-parenting, dating, we cover it all and break it into short clips so it's easy for you to find and learn from. If you want more help, head on over to WTFDivorce.com. Thanks for listening. On to today's show. Real quick, let's talk about the sponsor. Today's WTF Divorce episode is brought to you by Soberlink. If you're going through a divorce and custody case involving alcohol, Soberlink is the solution for you. More on Soberlink at the end of the show. Now on to today's episode. So two two pieces to clarify. First, if the decision or the settlement agreement hasn't been signed yet, you always have the ability to try and make changes, right? Whether or not those changes are going to be workable, given the facts you've got at that time or the judge you even have at that time, the players, is another thing. Um, But assuming that we're talking about a situation where there's already a custody order in place, right, Um, either on agreement or issued by a court after a hearing, um, the ability to change that is going to depend upon the exact statutes in the state where you live. So in New York, where I practice, um, if you want to change a custodial arrangement, you have to show a subsequent and substantial change in circumstances that requires a change in the best interest of the child. This standard is going to change slightly across states, but generally that's kind of the sense of the standards, right? That you typically see something that's like, it's got to be a pretty big change. And again, in my area, because I can only speak for my state in the area that I practice in, Typically, if you're looking to change from 50-50, it can be a pretty hard one. It can be a pretty hard request. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, what I see judges looking at is, has there been some sort of issue with parental fitness, right? So perhaps somebody developed a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or something like that. Or had somebody moved away uh, or um, moved somebody into their home that is really terrible for the Mm -hmm. kids to be around, right? We're talking something big because in New York State and specifically the area I'm in, judges really want to make sure that the parenting plans that are put in place are in place long term. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to see a situation where they issue a judgment and then six months later, there's some little thing that requires a change, right? They really want to see that it's a big change that's going to take either time to resolve like an addiction, right? An addiction could take quite some time to resolve. Or it's a big change that's that's just going to be the change. For example, a parent moved three hours away. Mm-hmm. If you've got, if, if, if the distance between the homes is three hours, that's something that we've got to revisit, right? right? Yeah. Um, so we're typically looking at a big change. And that's why my advice to parents is, you know, before we set this order in place, have we really thought through everything? You know, is there some sort of a provision that we can maybe add in there that addresses what you're dealing with right now? Um, because they can be hard to change. 
That said, I imagine a lot of clients, I want 70%, I want 80, they're unfit and they're presenting 50 and you know, it's probably 50. Do you tell a lot of your clients, like, are you just, you're not going to get everything you want. I mean, even if you think they're not a good parent, but on paper and what they're presenting seems fine. Is that a big part of like your job kind of telling them this is how things go? I think it is because again, you're spending money on me, right? And I don't want to take you down a path that I don't think is viable for you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to waste your funds. I'd far prefer that those funds get saved for your kid's wedding, for their college education, right? But I think it's that, I think it's an attorney's obligation to say, hey, listen, I'll make an argument if I can make it credibly, but I don't think it's worth your time mm -hmm. or I don't think that you've got the basis to do it. Um, you know, and... It, it, those are really hard conversations right? yeah. because parents come to me and they're like, this person is sick. They have a massive alcohol addiction. They cannot parent. They're not going to change their world. They're not going to change their schedule. I've been the parent. Totally understand that. If you want to try and do this, then we've got to try and prove this addiction. And we've got to try and prove that this addiction impacts their ability to parent. Mm. Right. Um, and so if they really are gung-ho that this is the route we want to take, not a problem, but we got to create a game plan. We got to follow that game plan, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's important. Yeah. You don't want your attorney to say, you know what, we're going to do everything we can because that, mm -hmm. that might be the time. That's, that's, it's very confusing when you want somebody to advocate for you, but also to check you because emotionally you want one thing, but you like the legal reality of this, you could spend tens of thousands of dollars, end up in the same place without that peace of mind. So yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. tricky. It is tricky because we have to be your advocate in court, right? And so we have to be able to make these arguments, but we also have to be able to rise above some of that emotional side of things uh, to be able to be your advocate for yourself, really, so that we can say, listen, I, your family is important to me, but I just don't think that we've got enough basis here. And, you know, again, we can try and move forward with the argument, but I don't think it's a good use of your resources. I also don't think it's a good use of your mental and emotional energy. Right. There's only so much of that, right? There's only so much of that. There is a um, question, let me tell you. That, well, exactly. <laughs> and in the middle of a and in the middle of a contested divorce or a contested custody case, it's like this much. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, your attorney really has to be somebody who's willing to have hard conversations with you. Yeah. Um, because if they're just a yes person, it, I don't think that's value. That's I just don't. Yeah. To me. I'm Lauren Hunt, a divorce attorney in Albany, New York. It comes as no surprise that not all divorces are created equal. While some divorces are collaborative and amicable, others are painful, accusatory, and may simply have you thinking, what the F? If you're co-parenting with an ex-spouse who abuses alcohol, this is a sobering reality. The folks at Soberlink want to help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, 
Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. The WTF Divorce Community is here to help shed light on the fact that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. If Soberlink is reaching you at the exact time that you need it, visit www.soberlink.com WTF to sign up and get $50 off your device. That's www.soberlink.com slash WTF.